everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes. Thank you for joining us in this podcast, where we do 30 minutes of actionable items, strategies, tips, in order to assist you in changing your mindset and mastering your success. So without further ado, today's episode is going to focus on this question. Are they really committed to your growth? And today I had an interesting conversation with a woman who had spent years in corporate America at a huge company, which I will not mention. Um, She talked about how committed the company was to her professional development and her growth. And so being that I do what I do in terms of assisting um, organizations to achieve and facilitate measurable outcomes by enhancing employee engagement, professional development, and ways in which we can create learning environments, I asked her specifically what they did that made her say that even after she had left the profession and left the company and and gone into um, another direction. And she said that Every person received a professional growth plan and that listed their path to promotion and whatever their goals were and an itemized list of courses or training that they could take online, individually, by themselves. And that she was really excited about the fact that they, she felt they were committed to her personal growth and development because they took the time to sit down with her and say, hey, where are your goals? Where do you want to reach? Are you trying to get promoted to management? Are you trying to go into senior leadership? Are you trying to change departments? And then they sat down with her and based on the online catalog of courses and webinars that they had available, which were all pre-recorded, she was able to chart out what her courses were, which is basically what you do when you attend a college or university or you're you know, entering a field of study. So she looked at this as they were so invested in her growth because they helped her to outline where she wanted to go. And then they told her, here are the courses that you need to take in order to get there. Now, there was no peer mentoring. There were no conversations about what was learned after she took these courses. There was no accountability. There was no connection to the classes that were being taken and how that new information could be applied to her current position or her future growth or how it even aligned with her goals and and the positions where she wanted to, to end up. And she thought it was amazing because they sat down with her and mapped out what she wanted, you know, listened to what she wanted to do and then gave her some sort of plan. And ironically enough and sadly in my case that this is the norm for a lot of companies learning growth development this is what they see it as being we give you a checklist of things that you need to perform you go off and do those things we come back we check it off and we say here you have grown but true learning true growth true development long-term sustainable success and acquisition of knowledge does not occur in a vacuum. Yeah, I get it. We have all this wonderful technology that allows us to have access to a myriad of courses and vast amounts of information at our fingertips with just a click of a button. But we cannot overlook one of the most important aspects of true learning, which is connection. 
True learning happens when we connect the information to and to others in our conversations about what this means and how this applies. If you want to enhance your learning, you want to spur growth, you want to foster development to achieve measurable success, then you need to create cultures that facilitate and encourage true learning. You cannot separate the two. And as much as I know that organizations are are rushing to say that they are committed to growth and to development within their people and their teams, they're still doing it the easy way. You know, companies who offer one-size-fits-all professional development that just look like a series of webinars or a series of courses, they're taking one step, yes, but unless you have that other map, that other portion of it, that connection, that opportunity for growth and development, then you're really kind of missing the boat and you're falling short. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about what it really looks like when you're committed to the growth of your team, when you're committed to the growth of your employees and your staff and the people that are working for you. Because, you know, independent study is a good thing to a point. You know, information, like I say, is static, but knowledge is dynamic. And if you want people to to move beyond simply collecting and acquiring information and instead to creating dynamic knowledge that can be applied to what they're doing now as well as what they're going to be required to do in the future, then you need to take down a pencil and paper, record, download this podcast, take some notes, and take it back to your L&D department or your, um, your HR department or contact me <laughs> so that I can come in and I can help you to create this type of in, um, environment. Because one of the things that this, th- this separates organizations who are truly involved and who are committed to employee engagement and those who are looking at ways of checking the boxes to saying that they're providing a need to their employees and to their teams. So if you're committed to growth, if you're committed to development, if you're committed to getting your people fired up about being there and wanting to be with you and wanting to learn and wanting to grow and wanting to move up and wanting to contribute in meaningful ways, then you need to be more committed to their growth. So growth and development cannot occur in a vacuum. You need connection, you need engagement, you need application, you need questioning, you need peer mentoring, you need testing, you need innovation, you need failure. Because unless someone tries something new and they find out what doesn't work, then they'll never be able to truly internalize that information and make that a part of their new way of being and thinking and doing instead of just being something that they rotely follow um, as through a checklist. You want growth and true development to become ingrained in the person, not just a series of steps that they follow. So what does commitment to growth look like? I know you're going to ask me, so I've got five things that I want you to pay attention to. These are your five indicators in terms of what it looks like to be committed to growth and development of your people. First thing, you need to have a plan. Now, 
the person that I spoke to, she talked about this professional development plan that, that they were given and that they had these courses aligned with it. And it was great that they started with an individualized plan. It wasn't just a one size fit all that says if you come in at X position and you want to get to this position within 3.5 years or 12 months or 16 months or 18 months or whatever, then just follow these particular steps. You, can't, you can have guidelines, but you can't have a one size all approach because everybody is different. So you have to start with a plan because if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And one of the specific things in your plan are you have to have specific goals, you have to have specific outcomes, you have to have things that you want to achieve. And when you're setting up your goals, and I know you've, you've probably heard this, but they have to be smart. They have to be specific, very specific, um, in terms of what you will know and be able to do as a result. They need to be measurable. How are you going to measure this growth? How are you going to measure this learning? How are you going to be able to look at that person and point to something tangible and say, your, product, your productivity has risen X percent. Your, um, your output has written, risen X percent. You have increased your, your, um, your clientele by X percent, by X numbers. You are now able to handle this particular task or you are managing this particular team or these are, this is what your evaluation is going to look like or your feedback is gonna look like when you are speaking or presenting or leading a group. Something that is measurable. It has to be attainable. You cannot put something on a plan that someone cannot achieve. Let me say that again. You cannot put something on a plan that someone cannot achieve. Now, I am not saying that you limit the potential of the people that you're working with. What I am saying is that you need to do an assessment and figure out who the people are in front of you what their gifts and talents and abilities are, what their background is, what it is that they're interested in, what, where are the benchmarks and the stepping stones that need to be aligned in order to move them from one level to another. Your goals also have to be relevant. They need to be relevant to the person, they need to be relevant to their interests, they need to be relevant to their scope of responsibilities, they need to be relevant to their future goals in terms of where they want to get to, they need to be relevant to the requirements and the skills and the, and the abilities that they're going to need to have in order to actually be successful. And finally, they need to be time-bound because most professional development plans are general plans. This is where we want you to be. But are you doing this in six months? Are you doing this in two years? Are you doing this in five years? Are you doing this in 90 days? Whatever the plan is, and you've made sure that the outcomes and the goals that you've outlined are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound, you have to put a time frame on it. Why? Because you want to make sure that you are moving forward, that you are making progress. You cannot just put a goal out there and have it hanging. If you have a goal and it doesn't have a time frame on it, then it's just a wish or a dream or a hope. And we want people to have wishes and dreams and hopes, but we don't attribute, we don't take wishes, dreams, and hopes and put them into a professional development plan and say that this is something that we'll get around to eventually. You want to have something where people can be accountable and you want to have something where you can measure their progress and you can provide the support that they need in order to get there, to move from point A to point B. So number one, you have to plan. 
If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Make sure your objectives and your outcomes that you are wanting to achieve are smart. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Point number two, people who have these professional development plans, once you recognize that you are committed to growth and you are committed to development and you are committed, committed to learning, you have to provide opportunities for your people to explore and engage in this new information and these new skills and these new talents and abilities that they're developing. That means they need to have opportunities to question what it is that they learned. What is it about this that applies? What is it about this? What do I think about this? What do I know about this? What do I question about this? Does this really make sense? And you can go back and listen to one of my other podcasts on, on the art of questioning, but you need to allow them opportunities to test to make hypotheses, to figure out how does this apply, to figure out how does this change if I do this or if I do that, to have conversations with people, to experiment. The opportunity to explore and engage happens with other people. Let me say that again. The opportunity to explore and engage not only happens individually, but it happens with other people. You can have great conversations by yourself. You can explore by yourself. You can research by yourself. You can do your own independent study projects. But true learning happens at the intersection of you connecting and having conversations and, and dialogue with someone else because that will spark something else in you. That will spark something else in the way that you think. It has been said that you cannot solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. If you are learning something new, if you are trying to grow out of who you are, past who you are at this moment and what you know and are able to do at this moment, you need to have someone else that you can bounce ideas off of. You need to have someone else who has a different set of experiences than you do and thinks differently than you do to be able to challenge some of the assertions that you're making to be able to have you help you to see a different way of looking at things, to look at things from a different perspective, to be able to look at problems and say, you know what, maybe I can try it this way. Oh, you know what, let's turn it around. Maybe you can try it that way. So having the opportunity to explore and engage does not just happen individually, it happens with other people. Number three goes right along with that. You have to have feedback. Critiques, recommendations, peer reviews. This is where peer mentoring and peer coaching works so well because if I'm learning something new and I'm going in and I'm taking these webinars, I'm taking these online classes, or I want to go and I want to observe another team member that is already doing what I want to do. So I go and I take this course or I sit in this webinar or I attend this training and then I go and I find someone that's already doing this and I'm able to observe them and I can get feedback of, oh, this is how, you know, why did you do it that way? Why did you approach it that way? What is it about your experience that led you to do it like this? Because the book said to do it this way, but I see that you've modified that. How exactly did you come to this? Having those types of questions, asking those types of questions and having those types of conversations is priceless. And so we need to allow 
the other person to go in and observe, but we also need to allow the other person to be observed, to get feedback about what it is that they're doing, how they're applying this, how this works, whether it works. And we have to be able to provide feedback in a safe environment that is going to let everyone know that we are here not to put you down, not to stress you out, not to uncover all of your weak areas and figure out ways that we can get you out, but instead we are committed to your growth and your development and we understand that you cannot learn something new unless you try it and fail at it. And you know, I have another podcast episode where I talk about you know the dreaded F word with failure. <laughs> when I was teaching younger kids, it was called learning because you're not going to do something the first time absolutely perfectly. If you do, that means you're not challenging yourself enough. So you need to provide feedback and you need to have a safe environment where people are willing to receive that feedback and willing to, to offer that feedback where it's a peer-to-peer, it's kind of like a, a, a personal advisory council. People that you know and you trust who have your best interest at heart that are going to give you the honest assessment of where you are and, and tell you, the, here are some recommendations of how you can do that differently. This, oh, you were almost there, but this is how we can tweak that. Okay? The fourth thing that you need is time to reflect and reset. Now, in our fast-paced environment, that is not something that people usually do. We usually want to learn something, we go in, we take a webinar, we attend a class, we do a training, we're here for X number of hours or X number of minutes, we check that off, boom, we take a test and we're done. But true knowledge and true learning and true development happens in the quiet times also. It happens when you can reflect on what changes you've noticed. It can happen when you reflect on, you know, how do I need to revise this? What adaptations do I need to make? How am I different as a result of what I now know? How am I thinking about this differently? How am I approaching this differently? You need time to digest and percolate on it and simmer on it a bit and turn it over and over again in your mind and think about it in different ways. So you've had a chance to create your plan and you've had a chance to go in and explore and engage and question and test after you've learned something new and you've gotten feedback from people and you've observed other people and then you need to go away and kind of reflect and get quiet and really think about what that looks like and what that means and how that applies to what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go. And then based on that reflection, now you gotta reset. What do I need to change as a result? I now have new information that I did not have when I created this plan and I, and I set myself on this course. So now, how do I need to tweak this? How do I need to adjust this? You know what? Maybe that means that instead of having 10 goals, I cut it down to five. Maybe instead of doing it all in six months, I say, you know what? This is gonna take a little longer, so maybe I need a year. Maybe I cut it all out and cut it down and focus on two things. But either way, you have to have that time to step back and reflect and then reset. Looking at the changes that need to be made, both in the way that you do things, in the goals that you have set for yourself, as well as in the way that you think, in the way that you process, and the perspective that you have. 
How do you adapt? How do you revise? This whole process is living, breathing, dynamic. It is not static. So you're going to be making tweaks. You're going to step, you may have to go backwards to go forwards, but it is a dynamic changing process. And then the fifth step is to assess and evaluate. Assess your process, meaning that you go back and you look at the way things were done and what worked in the way that they were done. Maybe you had a series where you said, you know what, I'm going to do some online courses or webinars out of our learning library or I'm gonna attend these trainings, or I'm gonna attend this conference, then I'm gonna go observe, then I'm gonna go and try it out for myself, then I'm gonna come back and have somebody else watch me, then I'm gonna do this, or maybe you decide that you have to do it in a different order. Because your learning and your growth is an individual thing. Not everybody learns the same way, and not everybody learns the same things in the same way. So the process, even if you follow the five steps that I've given you, the process that you take may differ slightly depending on the topic, may depending on the goal, depending on the situation. So be willing to assess that process that you engaged in and then evaluate your progress. Based on where I was then and where I am now, how much better am I? What else do I know? What have I learned? What am I now able to do that I could not do before? Now, when you take these five steps, one, you have a plan, two, you engage in opportunities to explore and engage. Three, you have an opportunity for feedback. Four, you can reflect and then reset. And then five, you assess your process and evaluate your progress and then you revise and you repeat. So once you've looked at these five things, if your organization, your company, your team, your, your professional development department does not offer you opportunities to do these five things, then how committed are they really to your growth? I'm not talking about being committed to training. I'm not talking about being committed to, to acquiring a whole bunch of certifications. I'm not talking about just collecting information. I am talking about being committed to actual knowledge to being committed to growing and developing and becoming a better version of who you are. And, and this process is the reason why I created what I call the 2020 ERG cohort. And that is 2020 Executive Resource Group cohorts where, cohorts, where you can bring 2020 vision, clarity, and accountability to your career. Leaders and, and executives and people who are trying to get from where they are now and, and they have goals about how they want to succeed, this isn't for the faint of heart. This is something that you sometimes say, you know, the saying is that it's lonely at the top. But if you really want to grow and you really want to become a better version of yourself, then you need feedback. You need to have that interaction. You need to have that peer coaching. You need to have that accountability of someone that's going to cheer for you, someone that's going to challenge you, someone, someone that's going to help correct you, and someone that's going to motivate you. You need someone who will you know, be in your corner, someone who understands your journey, who's consoling you when you make a mistake, who celebrates you when you win, who challenges you when you're not seeing clearly and pushes you forward when you're standing on the edge wondering if you're ready to move into uncharted waters. 
So the 2020 ERG cohort, I created it because people want a specific plan of what to do that gets them the outcomes they want. They want to grow, they want to learn, they want to become better. They want to feel that they are making progress, not just spinning their wheels. They want to know what's next in their professional journey. They want to feel like they, they're not doing this by themselves. They've been searching for a group that can provide feedback and support and accountability and help them. And, and they've tried doing this alone and they realize that they need others to support them. So what do you get out of this? You get out of, you know, you get leadership development, you get team building, you get account, you know, executive roundtables. We have accountability partners, strategic partnerships, you know, traditional professional development with training on identified topics, but you get goal setting, you get action steps and implementation, evaluation, assessment, advisory roundtables, guest speakers, presenters, hot seat Q&A, solution design sessions, mentorship, peer coaching, and a commitment to learning and growth. And who is this for? This is for the executive experience. This is for senior and mid-level managers. This is ex for experienced um, entrepreneurs who are professional service providers who've been in the business for five years or more. You know, consultants, speakers, coaches, strategists, trainers, accountants, attorneys, all of them. Anyone who's looking for an opportunity to enhance their professional development while receiving specific outcome-focused development, guidance, feedback, and action plans. That is who this is for. My 2020 ERG cohorts are actually a microcosm of what your growth and, and your, your professional growth departments and divisions should look like. It is a microcosm of what professional, and grow, professional growth and a commitment to growth and learning should look like in your organization. It is a microcosm of what happens when you connect opportunity to have access to information and um, other people and opportunities. And you connect that with a hunger for learning and a willingness to try new things and to get out of your comfort zone and accountability and feedback and a tried and true plan that was gonna work for you and to have someone who helps facilitate and guide that process. You're not just there by yourself. You're not just spinning your wheels. You're learning at the same time that you're becoming so uncomfortable that you're not going to recognize who you were at the end of the process. But this is an example of what it looks like when you and your organization are committed to your growth. So how does all of this work? When you're looking at an ERG, you know, a 2020 ERG cohort and participating in that, it, we meet virtually, bi-weekly, or monthly, depending on the group needs, for 60 to 90-minute sessions, depending on the size of the group. And, and we keep that small, a maximum of, say, 5 to 10 people. Each session has an agenda of items to be discussed. Each member is able to share pressing issues, gain support and guidance from the rest of the team. Um, their cohort sessions are facilitated by an experienced team leader who sets the tone for the group and outlines parameters of participation, facilitates discussion, provides um, feedback to ev everybody and recommendations. And each cohort member starts it by creating a professional vision, goal, and action plan at the onset that's going to serve as our focus and our ways of being able to identify what type of progress is being made. 
So if you want to know what it feels like to be committed to your growth, if you want to experience what it's like to have an opportunity to gain feedback, to have support, to explore and engage, to challenge yourself, to question, to reflect, to reset, to learn how to assess and evaluate and plan and take control of your growth. If you wanna know what that's all about and you wanna know what it truly feels like, then you need to join me at the next 2020 ERG cohort session. If you visit my website at carsgroup.com, that's K-A-R-S group.com, click on the 2020 ERG cohort link, gives you all the details. There's an application there for you to apply, to be a part of it, because no, this is not just something where we want you to jump in and then figure it out as you go. We want you to be committed to your growth and development because we are committed to your growth and development. So if you don't have this within your organization, then you need to join me for the 2020 ERG cohort and we will show you what it looks like when you are committed to your own growth. This has been Keisha Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the CARS Group where we facilitate outcome. Um, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast and um, visit our website at carsgroup.com, that's K-A-R-S group.com for other podcast episodes as well as um, ways to contact me to be able to answer any questions that so I can answer any questions you may have or to give me suggestions of things that you want to hear in future episodes. But as always, I don't want you to just listen to this. I want you to actually implement because remember, when you change your mindset, you master your success until next time.